Hello, coffee lovers. JR with Third Day Coffee Seguin. I'm going to introduce my guest in just a minute. We're going to do things a little different tonight. You know, usually I play our intro uh, song with our commercial, a little commercial, and then uh, my friend, we call him Papi Chulo, but his name is uh, Mark Gallardo. He does our intro, our voiceover intro, uh, and we're going to do things a little different tonight. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. Those of you who know me personally know that I've got some personal things that I've been really uh, dealing with, struggling through, not as much as my family is, but, you know, nonetheless, it bothers me, affects me. Uh, and, of course, I mean, how can we avoid the, the conversation of uh, our 13 service members that were killed in, in Afghanistan? And so tonight we're going to do things a little bit different, and I'm going to read the names of those. And uh, if you say their names enough and you don't forget them, uh, you can keep their memory uh, alive and know that their sacrifice was not in vain. We've been doing this since the beginning of time with our with our country, since the beginning of our country, uh, with all of those who have sacrificed their life for the freedoms that we get to enjoy. And one of those, by the way, is religious freedom. So uh, I'm going to start out with the names. Lance Corporal David Lee Espinosa, 20 years old. Sergeant Nicole G, 23 years old. Staff Sergeant Taylor Hoover, 31 years old. Staff Sergeant Ryan Noss, 23 years old. Lance Corporal Riley McCullum, 20 years old. Corporal Hunter Lopez, 22 years old. Lance Corporal Dylan R. Marola, 20 years old. Lance Corporal Kareem Nikui, 20 years old. Sergeant Johanny Rosario Picardo, 25 years old. Corporal Humberto Sanchez, 22 years old. Corporal Deegan William Tyler Page, 23 years old. Lance Corporal Jared Schmidt, 20 years old. Navy Corman, or as better known, Devil, Do Devil Docs. Uh, Maxton Max Soviak, 22 years old. 826, 21 was her last day serving our country. So don't forget these people. Look their names up. Read them. If you guys don't know what our court board is, these are, these are dog tags that are made with KIAs, uh, the very first female that was ever killed in action in Operation Iraqi Freedoms on here. And I'm gonna have dog tags made with these names and we'll have a ceremony at some point in the future. Until now, their names will stand on this board so we don't forget their sacrifice. So like I said, we're doing things a little bit different tonight. My intro is gonna be, I'm gonna play a couple of videos for, for you real quick. They're really short. Just bear with me, this all has a purpose. Uh, and so I'm going to share my screen and I'm going to start with the first two. Because of the tragedy in Afghanistan, I woke up today and saw my song on so many videos of the young people that served our country in coffins with flags draped over and my heart broke, my heart's been broken. So I am going to reach out to the families. And if there is a funeral, a gravestone, dedication, anything for those 14 people that lost their lives that lost their lives in our country, I will go and sing at the funeral, fly myself there as a way to honor them and also show the family that you have our complete love and support with how the White House has mishandled all of this We've got to be our brother and sister's 
Kevin Von Thompson's on the bodies of our heroes. So the bodies will not be released to their families for seven to ten days. Thank you guys so much for emailing and messaging and putting all of this together because we have been in touch with 11 of the families from my company. My company's been working overtime. And we are meeting with two of them this week. And I'm also singing at a base Saturday. So uh, for those of you that want to donate and find a way to be a part, this is my gift to them. So this is actually going to come from Conte Global. But if you want to be a part of it, download my music, buy tickets to the 9-11 concert, and attend every vigil. Let everybody in the world know that we're going to stand solid with our military family, that this was not okay, and that we are behind them 1,000%. They need this. They need this. I love you. God bless you. God bless the USA. More to come. See you. All right. And so now I'm going to play a song from him. Um, not that one yet. And then after this, then I'll introduce my guests and we'll get going. Hey, why is it not? It's the guts and it's the glory. A hundred stripes and a hundred stories. It's the pledge of allegiance on the 4th of July. It's them handwritten letters from home It's them sleepless nights alone It's his newborn baby he left with his wife Mr. Red, White, Blue
make sure that I did this right because clearly I didn't do it right the first time. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and turn the comments on here. And uh, there is a huge delay. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Do me a favor and tag everybody you know. Uh, our guest is is, uh, is somebody very close to me. And I guarantee that uh, that you're going to enjoy this, this podcast episode. Uh, also, I'm going to put the uh, – there's a link. You know, we are up for the uh, veteran – podcast awards it's the first annual veteran podcast awards and um and we're up for best navy podcast best business podcast and best overall podcast and on the ticker that you see on the bottom there at the bottom of the screen you can go to that website and you can vote for god country coffee podcast and um and so i'm gonna leave that running um again if you don't mind um hey debs uh, my sister's watching, so everybody say hi to my sister. Not that she can see, but I can. So anyway, um, tonight I have a very special guest. Uh, he was not just uh, number 35, but he was also number one. He was my very first uh, live podcast uh, guest. And it's funny because he came on before the pandemic. He, he was, was just, uh, hey, I got you on in there. <laughs> It's only a couple of us. Uh, I only was able to do one or two of these before the the pandemic, and we started doing all Zooms. Uh, but we're back to back to normal. At least we are here. Uh, and my guest tonight is an Army veteran. And uh, I believe during AIT you blew your knee out. Uh, and so, uh, and then while he was at home waiting on uh, on his DD two fourteen, his paperwork, final paperwork, uh, God called him. And, and he heeded that answer, that calling, and answered it. And my guest tonight is John Mitten. He is the senior pastor of Everyday Christian Fellowship uh, in Cibolo, Texas. And he's a really good friend. John is also responsible for me coming to the realization uh, that, I, that I was checking boxes most of my life. And so I, I really wasn't saved. And we came, I'm not going to get into how we came to that, that realization, but it was after Dad died. And, uh, and it brought me to a point where I literally fell to my, you know, like Pastor Butch always says, I, I fell on the knees of my heart. And, um, and I realized that without God, I had no hope. And I asked God to, to take me from that. And, and my life has not been the same, not one single day since. And so without further ado, Brother John Mitten. What's up? What's up, guys? Hey, man, it's good to, good to be with you today. Appreciate you having me back on. I, I thought after the first one, you'd be done with me, but... <laughs> I'll be back. Well, you have a way of talking to people, man, that that just uh, – I need to get the comments on this thing because I don't know how to do it, but I'll figure it out. Oh, there are comments right there. There you go. I'll say I can pull them up. Okay. So um, you can pull them up too because I don't know how well I can see this. you got better eyes than I do. But uh, I'm married, I married an eye doctor. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> she works on my eyes too, but I don't listen all the time. So, <laughs> And uh, tonight – uh john doesn't drink coffee by the way he, he never drinks coffee i'm drinking coffee twice he has this he will drank, be number two right he drank here. coffee twice and it's been my coffee uh drank it the first time we had the show he drank it when we were at the fishing trip 
uh, at the coast and tonight. Now, he doesn't know what he's drinking. It's mystery coffee. It is. It's There's no coffee. sugar in it. And there's no sugar in it. Yeah, this is always the scary part for me. <laughs> I, I like sweet stuff. <laughs> and then uh, I've got my Ranger Dan Coffin Coffee Company, Army Ranger, uh, Dan Becker. Ooh, that's still too hot. There ain't no way. It'll, it'll, <laughs> it'll have to take a minute. I got to wait a little bit. But uh, guys, if you're watching, do me a favor and, and just tag everybody you know. Uh, you know, I don't know what we're, where this is, conversation is going to go. But I will tell you that that if you have something that you want John to answer or you have a question, put it in the comments and we're going to answer them. And so <laughs> that's the most important. Now, part. you know, the answer, that's the answer. If this isn't the answer. Maybe you're just going to ask the wrong question. OK, now my now my, now my Sunday school has been complete. That's always weird. Erasing Jesus's name seems like a sin. <laughs> it's wrong. I don't know. Uh, and so, let me see here. What's up, Ronda G? Yeah. So, um, I didn't really have a, a, a specific, you know, aside from the introduction that we did. Um, I don't know about the rest, y'all, but I've been really angry with what's going on with the way that our withdrawal happened. And it's not political. It really isn't. I mean, it kind of is, but it's not. As far as my feelings go, that's not political. I'm deeply saddened for all the families that lost their children. And in my personal opinion, didn't have to happen that way. And it's always easy to sit on the outside and look in and say, well, I would have done it like this. Well, we're not in that position. So I don't know what was going on. I don't know what the intelligence was. I don't have any of that information. And I wasn't on the ground. But I do know that. I think it just could have been done differently. I think most military people will agree. And, uh, and my heart just bleeds for those people. I mean, we have to pray for these families. That That's like, I hate it when people always say, Oh, the best thing I can do is just pray for you. Well, this should be the first thing we do. In fact, I think it's on your desk, right? Yeah. Have you prayed? And so just keep the families in mind. You see what Mark wrote? Uh -uh. He said, Pastor John looks a lot like Billy Joel. You ought to hear him sing. That's so funny. The last time I sang at church, I played the keyboard and sang, and somebody goes, man, anybody ever tell you you sing like Billy Joel? And his friend goes, you look like Billy Joel. Like, Whatever. Whatever, Mark. I don't know that I would have gone there. I, but I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't make that association. But um, let's talk about what's going on with with, uh, with your church right now, with your, I mean, your ministry. Your, you got lots going on. I do. I do. Uh, matter of fact, I met with a... Uh, Oh, I don't know, a, uh, a guy this week just about what's going on in the church. And it was so funny. He was asking how the church is going and how we've kind of moved back into out of uh, fear and just a lot of a lot of people back in the church. And uh, and I said, you know, it's, he goes, how did you do it? And I just laughed and I said, you know, if you were to ask me right now to do a conference on how the church has grown, um, like laugh for it. Let me give you, for instance. So last year. We had a really lo obviously lost a lot of folks attendance wise, people at home, um, and yet our, our finances didn't suffer. No one was. We didn't have to lay anybody off. I mean, uh, we actually so much money was sent in that we ended up um, doing repairs on the church for the first time in fifteen years. Um, spent eighty thousand dollars to redo the building. So now we're about to spend like fifty. Um, building sand volleyball courts, basketball court outside, soccer fields for the community. It's not even about us. 
And people are like, why are you doing that? I'm like, because the whole idea is, is the church is supposed to be about the world. God so loved the world. So why wouldn't the church love the world? And so I, I was asking the question, you know, do we have the money to do this? And they were like, we have as much money in the bank now as we did when we spent it last time. It's like God keeps replenishing. Um, and so like now we're looking at we're, we're about to get to a place where we have to build another building. and We haven't even paid off our old land. And so it's like how, people keep asking, how are we going to do it? I was like, dude, I don't know what we've done till now other than we have obeyed the Lord. And so I told him, I said, if you were to ask me to do a conference, it would be a really short conference. It would be like, okay, Pastor, tell us the secret. The secret is just obey the Lord. Otherwise, I have no idea what we've done right. We've just obeyed the Lord. So it's been good. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Uh, man, I can't even wrap my head around it. And, you know, we've kind of experienced some similar things with us personally with our business. You know, I get to a point where I think, you know, man, maybe I didn't make the right decision. You know, uh, I prayed about it. God kept putting people in front of me. I knew it was the right thing to do. I took that leap, which was a huge leap of faith for me because I was hanging on to the money, right, that I was making. I was like, I got to hang on to this money. Wait, God's got something better. And every time I think like something's going south, something happens and something happens to the business. People come into my life and it's like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm listening. You know, God just keeps blessing us. And, uh, you know, I don't. what's the verse that says that he'll give you the desires of your heart? Uh, I don't know where it's found, but I mean, what's what's funny is I just taught on that not very, not very long ago. <laughs> And it's funny that so many people, whether they be true believers or not, will use that verse all the time. Problem is, God doesn't give us the desires of our old heart. He gives us the desires of the heart he puts in us. He's, the Bible in the Old Testament says, I will give them a new heart and I will write my laws on their heart. Mm. And so it, it's not the old unregenerated heart because that old heart wanted lust and adultery and, and the, all the things that the world has to offer. Um and, and, and nice cars and fancy things, man, my heart has changed so much. I mean, I just, I'm not that guy anymore. So God wants to give you desires your heart, but it's only because my heart now wants what he wants. For instance, your coffee company may not last forever. One day God may not pay the bills yeah. and it, it will be God saying, Hey, it's time for something else. And we got to be okay with that. God one day may say, Hey, I'm done it every day. I want to, I want to use something else. Now we've got to be okay with that. And, and we can't see it as our failure all the time. Sometimes it's our failure, but sometimes we got to see it as, hey, God wanted to do something else. And when I gave him my life, I gave him my heart. I gave him permission to do whatever he wanted to do. So that's awesome. You know, if you're watching and and you're not you're on the fence or you're not a believer, uh, stay tuned, stay in touch, because when we get to the end here, John will. I'm telling you, by the time we get to the end of this podcast, you're going to be like, I need to go talk to Pastor John. And, uh, and it happened, it's happened before. And uh, with the, the people that I've lost in my life recently, and I hate to use that word lost because some of the people that, I, that have passed away, I know for sure where they're at because I've asked those questions. But it's so important to know. And, and if you are a Christian, if you've already surrendered your life, you know, we had this conversation ahead of time. You need to let everybody you know. You need to, your family needs to know. You need to ask hard questions of your family. Because, listen, eternity is something that our brains can't process. Our time here on earth is limited. That's, that's finite. We know that for sure. But the time that we get to spend 
afterwards. Yeah. You know, I want my mom and dad there. I know my dad. I know he surrendered his life. I know my mom and my sister. I know they have a relationship with Christ. I know my son does. You know, he's running a little bit, but I, I, I know that he surrendered. So you have to know these things about your family because, I mean, the worst thing is for somebody to die and you not know. Yeah, and, and the problem is, is a lot of times we wait. We think, well, I'll tell them. I'll tell them when I'm older, like when I'm ready to die. Well, when you're ready to die, you might be dead. Yeah. And so, and so like, I'm, I'm 49. I'll be 50 this year. And there's not a day. There's not, it's certainly not a week that goes by that I don't tell my children that I can't, I can't wait to die. And I'm not saying I have a death wish because I want to live a long time on this earth to tell more people about the Lord and to watch my kids grow up. But I don't want anyone ever to, to know me and wonder where I am. And what's funny is, as I was telling you earlier, I think I was telling you, I don't know a single person who knows my name, who doesn't know what I believe because I, I can't shut up, you know. <laughs> Acts 1 8 says, when, the, when you receive power and the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world. And the whole idea is, is that he says, you're going to receive power to do something. And the, that something is to tell about me. And then what is it? Acts 4, Peter and John get thrown in jail. And uh, and they, they say, you can leave, just don't talk about Jesus anymore. And they use the same wording that Acts 1 8 uses, but they put in the opposite. So the word dunamai means power. And they say, we do not, they, we have adunamai. We have no power, no ability to not speak. <laughs> They're like, look, you don't understand what the, what God's giving us. We don't have the ability to do what you're asking to do, even if we wanted to. Like, if you put cheesecake in front of me, bro, I don't have the ability. I'm going to have to take a piece. <laughs> I just, because the flesh is going to win a little bit, you know. It just, it's, it's who I am. And, and the devil knows that. So he puts things in front of me that I, so I've got to trust the Lord. But here's the cool part is God, because the spirit of God lives in me. I don't have the ability not to speak about him. That's the way I know you're a Christian, by the way. Some people say all the time, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. And I, I want to ask all the time, then why do you never talk about him? Because if you've been given the spirit as a gift, the promise isn't that you'll speak in tongues. The prob promise isn't that you'll, you'll cast out demons. Those are things that can happen. The promise is you will be a witness, mm. a martyr. And martyr doesn't mean dead. Martyr literally means a witness. Now, some people die in their witness, which we call martyrs. But the Greek word martyr means to witness. And so you will become my martyrs. Mm. And so don't wait till you die for somebody to tell us you were a Christian. Tell us that you already committed your life to Christ, which means you put the old self to death. Therefore, you are already a martyr. You're already a witness of the of the living power of Christ. Woo! <laughs> you know, that's, why, that's one thing I love about John from the day I met him. He makes the hair on my neck stand up when he talks about God. And and uh, I have that feeling, you know, when I when when we I had to I mentored with John when when dad passed. I was having a lot of trouble struggling. And uh, we came to the realization that I didn't believe this book right here. We came to the realization that that I didn't believe this is the truth. Because the question was that John asked me was if, if you know, because I, I trust pastor. I know that if he told you that your dad prayed and accepted Christ, that your dad ex accepted Christ. And this book tells us that that we're going to see each other again. So either two things. One, you don't believe that the word is the truth is this is God's word. This is God's was it 
say it better than I do, but I don't know. Anyway. Well, look, when we had that conversation, I remember that conversation. Yeah. The conversation was, what is truth? Is there a standard for truth or do we just make it up as we go? And if we just make it up as we go, then it always changes. And that's the problem with politics, right? Politics, we we just always, we say, well, don't cross this line, but then we change the line. Mm. And and the, the important part about the Bible is the Bible doesn't change the line. Doesn't matter what culture you live in, what time period you live in, the line is still drawn. Now, people try to interpret it differently to make the, the lines move, but the Bible is still the Bible. The standards are still the standards. The truth is still the truth. Homosexuality is still a sin, but so is so is gluttony. Right. We want to talk about homosexuality, but we don't want to talk about gluttony. Why? Because we're Americans. Yeah. You know, I'm American. And if I'm American, I don't want to talk about being fat because I'm fat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we want to hammer homosexuals because they're they let's say let's say a homosexual is, a, is someone giving their life to Christ and they still struggle with homosexuality. See, the problem is for the longest time, the church would, would strand them out and say, you can't be Christian and be homosexual. Now, what the truth is, is you if you're a Christian, you should never identify yourself as a homosexual because you're not. You're a child of the king. Mm. And if you're a child of the king, you should not live a lifestyle of homosexuality. If you're a child of the king, you should not live a lifestyle of obesity. You should, if you're a child of the king, you should not live a lifestyle of adultery. You should not live a life, lifestyle of pornography. That doesn't mean you won't struggle and fail and visit your old house, your old sinful house. But it does mean you can't live there. You just can't live there. And so there's a standard of truth that's never changed. And if you don't believe in that standard of truth, then you won't believe in God because God is the standard. I mean, the, the Bible says that sin is missing the mark of God. The reason God can't sin, this is deep theology right here, bro. The reason God can't sin is because sin is missing his mark. So it's impossible for him to miss himself because he is, he is God. So it's impossible for him to miss it because that's who he is. But it's impossible for us to hit it because it's not who we are. So we miss the mark because we're not God. That's why God had to leave heaven, become like a man, although he wasn't he was 100% man, but he's also 100% God. He had to leave that and come here to hit the mark for us. Mm. Because no matter what we try, no matter what we do, and I'll tell you more about this later because it's in my life right now. No matter what we do or what we try, we'll always miss the mark because we're not God. But God can miss the mark because it's who he is. So when we say is it, hating's wrong, well, the reason it's wrong is because we hate wrong. Hate's not wrong. God hates. God hates divorce. Mm. Hate's not wrong. It's the way we do it's wrong. Why? Because we don't do it like God does it. God can't miss the mark, but we always miss the mark. So anyway, we'll talk more about that later. Whew. Man, that's, you know, like I said, it's... Uh, it was the conversations that we had about whether or not I believe this book to be true. And I didn't at the time. Apparently I didn't. I thought I did. I grew up in church, right? Lots of people grew up in church. I, I gave and I put money in the plate. You know, I went to confession. I, you know, I, I was a good person. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I wouldn't mean to anybody or bad to anybody, but I did drugs. I did alcohol. I like, I was going like it was going out of style. I, you know, I ran around having sex with women when I wasn't married. I did all kinds of things, right? That uh, that, that TMI, are, baby, that are not okay. <laughs> but uh, when it came down to it, I realized that I was just checking boxes, and I I didn't grow up in Christ. I grew up in church, and there's a huge difference. And we always talk about this, but you know, there, there's a lot of good people that are going to go to hell. 
it doesn't matter if their intentions are good. It doesn't matter if they're philanthropists and they don't ever use a single swear word and they no. don't drink and they don't whatever. It doesn't mean they're going to go to heaven. Yeah. You know, if you, uh, you know, we just, dude, I'm telling you, I, I, this is where I'm going to fall in trouble. Cause I just <laughs> won't shut up. So I'm teaching right now in our church about how, to, um, how to share your faith. And uh, as we walk through it, I've, I've done three sessions on it, um, actually two weeks, but three three different approaches. One of them is called the intellectual approach, right? It's what I call it because it's, it's for the brainiacs, for those who, who know a lot, who think they know a lot. And so it starts out with, it's called The Way of the Master. It's a really good book. Um, but The Way of the Master starts out by asking a question. And I, can I just tell the story? Sure. Okay, we got a minute, right? We got plenty of time. So we're in Madagascar and there's a guy named Roland. Or Roland, if he likes to be called. And so Roland invited me to his house, and he he was a Jehovah's Witness for the longest time. And every time I preached, he would interrupt me. Well, now he invited me to his house, and he sent for me, which doesn't happen. And I didn't know why. So we're talking, and I didn't know what was going on. And he asked me this question, right? He said, why do bad things happen to good people? Mm. Now, he said it in, Mal in Malagasy, obviously. It wasn't as clear as that, but but I knew what he meant. He, he's like, why does God, here's what he actually said. He said, why does God let the wicked prosper and the righteous suffer? And I was excited because I knew how to say this in Malagasy. Because I was going to say in seminary, we know the answer. The answer is nobody knows. Nobody knows that answer. How, how do you know? I mean, we don't know the mind of God. How do you know why some people suffer and why? And right before I said it, God said, no, 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 I'm going to give you the answer. And I was like, no, God, you don't understand. I went to seminary. There's no answer to this one. I mean, I really, I mean, I was arguing with God as he was going to teach me. And I was like, no, 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 you understand. And so God said, just tell him what I tell you. I said, okay. Well, he didn't tell me any new information yet. He just said, do the way of the master. I said, okay. So let's do the way of the master. So we talk about what a man has to do to get to heaven. And most people say they have to be good, right? You have to follow the Ten Commandments, which, by the way, is true. If you follow the Ten Commandments completely, you would go to heaven based on righteousness. Mm. Okay, basically, that's what Jesus did. Jesus followed every law, so he went to heaven based on righteousness. Okay, so have you done that? Have you followed every law? And if you even if you said yes, I would do this to you. I would say, okay, have you ever lied? Mm -hmm. Okay, so what does that make you? A liar. I'm a liar. You think God lets liars in heaven? Of course not. Yeah. No, of course not. You can't because if a liar is in heaven, he'll lie in heaven. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You'll mess that. You'll mess heaven up. But liars, you. We'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. So liars can't get <laughs> liars can't be in heaven. Okay. I'm not saying they can't get there, but they can't be there. Liars can't be in heaven. Okay. Okay. You ever stole anything? Sure. What does that make you? A thief. Do you think God lets thieves stay in heaven? No. No way, buddy. You ever kill anybody? No. No. Right. That's what they. That's what Roland said. No. Now, like I'm in good shape now. I was like, well, Jesus said, if you ever uh, look upon your brother in hatred, you've committed murder in your heart. So have you murdered? He goes. Yes. So have you murdered? Yeah. So you're a murderer. You think God lets murderers stay in heaven? Of course not. Have you ever committed adultery? You say, no. I'd say, okay. Have you ever looked upon a woman with lust in your heart? Jesus said, if you have, you've committed lust. You've committed adultery in your heart. So have you committed adultery? Sure. Sure you have. So you're a lying, thieving, murderous adulterer. <laughs> so you think God, God's going to let somebody like that be in heaven? No. Of course not. It's not possible. We're sinners to the very core of who we are. And so what hope is there? The hope's not found in the law. The hope's found in Christ. Mm. And so you can't get to cry. You can't get to God based on law. But Jesus died on the cross. So Nicodemus in John 3 comes to Jesus and says, what I got to do to enter the kingdom of heaven? 
He says, you got to be born again. Come on, man. How can I go back in the mother's womb? He said, that, you, man, you've missed the point. And, he, and then he tells this story, right, in, in, in Numbers and Exodus where, where the Israelites are in the desert. And they're, I love the verse. It says they had a long journey, a long day, and they grumbled against God. Right? How many of you ever had a long day? Right? I've had a long day. And you grumble. You have a bad day. And they grumbled against God. And God got angry and sent serpents to them, fiery serpents that bit them and killed them. And so they repented, went to Moses and said, pray to God, ask God to remove the snakes. So he prays and God says, I'm not removing the snakes. Instead, tell them um, to take their, their bronze and build a bronze serpent. Take it and put it on a stake and put it up for all who look, all who can see it. And when you lift up the serpent, all who look upon it and believe that I sent the serpent, the bronze serpent, to heal you, you'll be, you'll be healed of the serpent's venom. And then Jesus tells Nicodemus, in the same way that the serpent had to be lifted up in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that all who look upon him and believe will be saved. And so Jesus had to be lifted up on the cross. And if we believe in, in the fact that God provided him as our way of out of the venom of sin, then we become children of his. We begin, we become forgiven as well. So I told Roland, uh, let me back. So I told him the four things. And so I, I said, let me ask you this in this, in your story, right? You said, why does the wicked prosper and the righteous suffer? I said, in your story, which one were you? He said, well, I thought I was the righteous one. <laughs> he said, but now I realize I'm not righteous. And I, I still was like, God, where are we going with this? And God said, tell him this. The answer is found in the question. And Brian was confused. I was like, what? What does that even mean? He said, okay, say this to him. <laughs> and so this is what I said. Man. I'm saying it was so powerful and it's still powerful in my life. He said, the, the reason the wicked can prosper is because the righteous one suffered. Oh, my. You see, we are all the wicked ones. That's who we are. That's who we are to the very core. The only reason we have anything good in our life anything. I don't care if you're a Christian or a non-Christian. The only reason any of us prosper in any way, shape, or form in health, wealth, wisdom, in, in life, having breath, the only reason we have anything good is because Jesus suffered for us. So John, 1 John chapter 2 verse 1 says, I write you these, these things, my, my children, that you may not sin. But if you do sin, we have one who stands at the right hand of the Father, who intercedes on our behalf. Who is that? Jesus. But the verse says, Jesus Christ, the righteous one and god as god told me to say that he put that verse on my mind the, and i never caught it the righteous one and man it blew my mind mm. that i was like man i wish i could go back to seminary and tell my professors they were wrong <laughs> because the truth is none of us are righteous even the ones that think we're righteous we're not we are wicked people but the righteous one suffered so that we the the, the wicked have a chance to prosper. And where does prosperity come from? Now, I don't mean money. Where does prosperity, where does life come from? It comes from, comes from Yahweh, whose very name means to be. The I am, right? To be. And so our life is found in him. Creation was found in him. And so John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I come that you might have life and have it abundantly. That doesn't mean to have all the money you want. It means to have all the breath you can have to glorify your father in heaven. Mm. Anyway, Woo! good stuff. Yeah, that is awesome stuff. Uh, you know, if you have comments or questions, uh, ask. 
John will be happy to answer him. He'll be happy to uh, give you an explanation like, like he's done so many times before. And uh, I've just been so blessed. I mean, you know, I don't believe that any, uh, nobody that comes into your life is there by accident. There's God put John in my life for a reason at a time when I was really struggling and come to find out at a time that I hadn't surrendered my life yet. And so as a result, uh, and I don't know who I've, you know, I, I've sent Bibles out to people who I knew were struggling. Uh, maybe that helps them, you know, maybe it's just a gift. Uh, but maybe, you know, maybe they drink that, their, maybe they set their coffee on it. Right. Maybe they set their coffee on it. Or, or like you're like me, maybe they go through bits and pieces for years and just check boxes. Say, yeah, I'm a good guy. I put money in the plate on Sunday. I go to church. You know, I'm good. And uh, and so who knows how many people he affected just by talking to me about about Jesus. And so you have to you have to think the same way. Yeah. You gotta you have to be telling everybody. Yeah. That you know yeah. about Jesus. Yeah, and, and remember, you're not the Savior. No. It isn't your job to save. It's your job to tell about the Savior. That's so, it. like, for instance, I was riding with a police officer the other day. I'm a police chaplain. I was riding with the police. And, and I'm there for the police. Don't get me wrong. But I'm looking for ways to share with everybody I'm running into contact with. And so we pulled over. Uh, well, we didn't pull it. He called, a guy called us. Who A guy ran him off the road. He's a Japanese man. Been here five months. He's moving back in a month to Japan. And... Uh, and so I'm sitting there looking at his car, and while the police officer's doing his job, I'm talking to him, and I just asked him, I said, are you a Christian? Are you a believer? He's like, oh, no, I'm Muslim. And I was like, oh, okay, well, what, what makes you a Muslim? He said, my mom and dad are Muslim. So I was like, well, you're Christian like Americans are Christians. You know, <laughs> he's not really a Muslim. But because he identifies as a Muslim, I was thinking, how do I share Christ with him? How do I share truth? And it's really hard because we always think we've got to get, we've got to, get to the gospel right now. I didn't have time to get to the gospel right then. So all I said to him was something very simple. I said, as a, as a Muslim, um, doesn't the Quran teach that you're supposed to study about all the prophets? And he said, yes, it does. And I said, what do you know about the prophet Jesus? He said, not much. I said, you know, I'm preaching Sunday morning at 11 o'clock in our church, and I'm going to be teaching about this man, Jesus. Would you like to come and hear about the prophet Jesus? You know, the one that you call a prophet? He's like, are you serious? I was like, yeah. He goes, I would love this. And I said, and afterwards, I'll take you to lunch and we can talk about it. He goes, oh, can I bring a friend? <laughs> and, you know, it's my point is, that, and I don't mean invite, just invite people to church. I, I set up a time to tell them about Jesus because that's what Muslim, Muslims are commanded to learn about the prophets. And Jesus, they think, is a prophet. And so if I was sharing with him, I would then walk him through where Jesus says that he's more than a prophet. But Peter says, you're the son of God. And he says, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to me, but my father in heaven. And so I would walk him through that. But the key is, is that now I don't have to go to Japan. Jesus brought Japan to me. And so now he'll go home in a month, maybe, as a new believer. And next thing you know is he'll be able to share his faith where he lives. That's greater than I could ever do being there. Mm. So you got, you got to be ready and willing all the time to share the hope that's in you. Because what is Ephesians 5 says, uh, wake up, O sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ shall shine upon you. So be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So we got we to gotta make the most of every conversation. Well, I don't have time to shoot the perfect lip. Okay, watch this. In Madagascar, we had a missionary there who for a year, he would pray for his people but not tell them about Jesus. And I was like, bro, I don't have time for that. He said, what do you mean you don't have time for that? I said, look, you're acting like you care about these people. 
I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm being real. I'm being honest here. I care about the Lord, right? I don't even know these people. I just moved here. I don't know them. But God called me to come here, so I'm caring about them because God cares about them. But if God cares about them, I'm not going to waste a year of my life talking about the weather. Mm. I'm going to tell them day one about Jesus. And so literally, I would walk into a village, and the first question I would ask every time I'd walk in and go, what do I got to do to go to heaven? That's the first question I ask you. What should I do to be saved? And they would say, oh, I'll be baptized. And then I'd say, oh, that's awesome. And I'd give them a Bible. I'd say, can you show me that? And they'd say, oh, no. They had no idea. But now they wanted to know. And so I'm always looking at how do I begin the conversation so that I don't waste time? Because I don't have time to waste time. Mm. This Man, I'm 50. I, I remember being four. What in the world happened? I blinked, and I'm old. So I don't have much We're time. Old, you do, bro. You get We're not yourself. old. We're old. Yes, we are. We're not old. We're not let's old. Have a, let's do a survey. No, these are all old people, too. Never mind. <laughs> so how's the coffee? Coffee's pretty good. You know, it's funny. Um, if I think of it like, hey, give me a good drink, I would be like, oh, that's horrible. But when I think of coffee, it's always surprising how, how I can drink this. I, you know, I, I hate coffee, bro. Yeah. So this, I can drink this. He drinks my coffee, which is amazing. And tonight, if you can see this picture on the back, well, here, I can zoom in because we have that technology now. What are you doing? So this picture right here is Jose Santos Vizquez, and these are his sons. And uh, this is his coffee. And so you can't, I don't know if you can see this one up here, but I'm planning a coffee plant. Y'all have seen it on my Facebook. If I'd have known 15 feet behind me was a 2,000 foot drop, I probably wouldn't have gone down there to mess around. <laughs> but but nonetheless, it was an experience. And uh, I made a deal with this young man uh, to buy his coffee. And so we're the only coffee roasters in the world that are going to carry Finca Santos uh, for the foreseeable future. And we were able, this was such a blessing. We were so blessed. We didn't have the money to go down there. God blessed us with some money that we didn't even know was coming our way. Uh, and it was not a rebate from the government. Hey, so in, in that, I'm just going to take this straight to theology, bro. So in that picture, you're planting the coffee, right? Uh -huh. Are you going to get this? Are you going to get to uh, harvest it? Three years from now, yes. But will you do it or he do it? I'm going to go. Yeah, but will you get all the harvest or he get to do it? You might not get to. You don't I know what three years to. old. That's right. You have no idea. COVID 8.0 will be around by then. Yeah, you have no clue. You're right. I don't know. But you got the planet. I did. And that's that's the key with, with, with sharing your faith, bro. Sometimes <laughs> we get frustrated. Like, for instance, today, right? I just shared in our church how to share your faith. And then I said, now, ask God who you should, who you should share this with. Ask God, what one person should I pray about and go share this with them? Well, I prayed it too, and God put something on my mind. And I'm not kidding you. And God said, go share with this person. I was like, come on, give me a, give me another one. Not that one. But not because it was a bad one, because I thought this guy was already a Christian. Like, I, I feel, I'm going to feel ashamed when I go to him and say, hey, God told me to come talk to you about being a Christian, because he's already told me he's a Christian. And so I, I didn't really want to do it, right? But I did, had lunch with him today, or had coffee with him. Actually, he had tea and I had Dr. Pepper. Um, and, and we, um, we talked and I said to him, I said, do you know all the friends I have? You know how many people I have? They're not really friends. You know how many people I know? I said, you know how many people I know that are lost? Of all the people I know that are lost, why would God say to me, go talk to you 
about a relationship with him. And he said to me, because I'm lost. Bro, I was like, what in the world is happening here? And so by the end of the conversation, he gave his life to Jesus, right? He surrendered his life to Christ today. And so now he's talking to his family. I'm going to mentor him and his family. So I'm working through all how this will work out. But here's my point. People get mad. They're like, Pastor, how come you always get to lead people to Jesus? It's not fair. How come we don't get to do that? Look, here's the thing. You know how many seeds I plant that I never get to harvest? Man, I, I tell me about Jesus all the time. And here's the thing. In Madagascar, we would plant rice. And it would just depend on the season whether or not we could go back to harvest it. But when I got there, when I just happened to be at the right place at the right time, I got the harvest because I was just there at the right time. I didn't plan it at any time. I was planning the gospel. I wasn't planning, I wasn't planning to, to harvest. I was planning just to go and share the gospel. Right. But because I was sharing the gospel at the right time at the right place, I not only got to harvest souls, I also got to harvest rice. Right. And so sometimes we get frustrated because we don't get to see the harvest. But the harvest isn't up to us. All this up to us is our obedience in sharing a seed, planting a seed, living a life of example. And then if God wants to allow us to be a part of it, listen, you plant enough seeds, you'll get to see the harvest. The problem is mm. people just want to see the harvest and they don't want to plant nothing. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that reminds me uh, when JC was struggling, when when I didn't know what I was going to do with him. I used to pray all the time. I was in Will's, Will Davis's um, Sunday school class. And, and he pulled me aside one time because I was really hurting at this point. I was already surrendered myself. And I was, you know, we were doing a lot of stuff. We were doing a lot of mentoring, a lot of learning. And uh, so I really wanted my son to come to Christ. And I remember praying all the time. And it was in our daily, our weekly, you know, Sunday school prayer. And, and Will finally, like he could tell I was struggling a little bit. And he pulled me aside and he said, I want you to understand something that it may not be in God's will. For you to see that come to fruition because you know it's just like what you're saying you know i planted the seed and i might get to see it harvest if that's god's will but i might not but yeah. but if you can change a person if you can change them to the point where you know you're going to see them again yeah you know who cares if i see it in my life well, and you may not be the right guy to help harvest the seed right i mean if you're not a mentoring type then you you harvest them Next thing you know is they're just out on the wind by themselves. Which so is, yeah. God God gifts us all differently for a purpose. And that happens. I, I know that happens a lot because, uh, you know, I mean, I've seen it. I mean, with my own son, I, you know, I did, I wasn't there to mentor him and, and he's running again and, you know, and it's okay. I mean, I, I know that God's got a plan for him. He's going to pull him in and, and whatnot. So uh, again, if you have questions for pastor John, uh, hit us up, you know, put something in the comments and uh, we'll answer them. Also, a reminder, please hit that, that website that you see scrolling across the bottom there. And, um, hey, look, and look what I brought, bro. Oh, and look, and he brought some. Don't cut your fingers, man, because that thing is sharp. And not as sharp as I thought it was. Well, that's because that thing's hard. It ain't that hard. I just don't want to cut your table. <laughs> so I brought pears out of my back tree. You know, I was I was telling somebody today, talking about talking about fruit. And, uh, and they were like, man, you don't understand. I try so hard to be like Jesus. That's what he told me. He said, I'm trying so hard. And he was lost. But he said, I'm trying so hard. I said, have you ever gone? Have you, I said, have you ever seen a, uh, like a fruit tree? He's like, yeah, yeah. I said, have you ever gone out to a fruit tree and seen it going? <laughs> He's like, 
me looking like I was stupid. He goes, what are you talking about? I was like, you go outside, you don't see a pear tree grunting and groaning. They're not trying hard. See, if you put a tree in the right soil, give it water, give it sunlight, and give it time, it'll grow fruit all the time. Bam. Right? And the problem is so many people think they got to work so hard to be like Jesus. But the truth is, if you'll just plant yourself in the Word of God, right? Let His Spirit give you water. Mm. Let the sun shine through you. The mm. Son of God shine through you. And then just spend time with the Lord. You'll grow fruit. It's not because you want to. It's because you will. Because for the first time in your life, you can. Because you've got Damn. you've got streams of living water flowing in you. That's good <laughs> stuff, man. Anyway, so this is off my stuff. this is off my pear tree. So uh, John's gonna show us something also with a is there any question anybody asking you anything? Please help me plant seeds in my brothers and sisters. I'm not sure what that means. But if it means sharing the gospel, don't worry, Brian. I'm gonna do that. I can't help it. So when we get when we're close to what time we close here? I don't know. Whenever we want to. Oh, okay. We're good. These bears are good. They are. Um, I'm not going to forget about that question. He, he'll answer. Trust me. Uh, he's going to do something with a quarter that I have not seen. Now, he does this thing with a Rubik's Cube that is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's friggin' ridiculous. And he's messing with this thing. And I was like, it just blows your mind. And so he John is really exceptional when it comes to stuff like that. And uh well the Ruby's cube is the best thing I've ever done. I me, mean, I mean just because it's just weird. Yeah. Because even to this day, <laughs> like I know the rules of Ruby's cube, but when you get to the last step, like <laughs> if I make one mistake, I gotta start over. I mean, I can't like go backwards and go one step back. I gotta start over. And it's in because I don't understand how Ruby's cube works. But if I do it right and follow all the rules, in the end, it always comes out perfect. And it always freaks me out because two turns, two turns before you finish the cube, it looks like it's a mess. Oof. And, and, I'm, and I'm like, like it, it looks like it's really coming along. And then you come to like the last two or three, four turns, it messes it up so bad. It's like, oh, dude, I've messed something up. And if you look at your cube you'll stop doing what it takes to finish it because you're afraid you've messed it up. And, but you don't, you continue on and like all of a sudden you're like, Holy cow. How did that happen? <laughs> because I follow the rules. And so I talk about how Ruby's cube, if you follow the rules of God, if you, if you read the word and do just do what God tells you to do, you'll surrender your life to Christ. And yeah, your life will look like a mess. <laughs> but as I told my, my niece just the other day, I said, you know, you've gone a long way from the Lord. I said, but how, what do you have to do to, to be right with the Lord again? I mean, you're in a covenant with him anyway. He's not going to break that. But what do you have to do to be right with him again? I mean, perfect with him again. She goes, oh, there's so much stuff. I said, no, there's not. Confess your sins. If you're his child, confess your sins. And you're right back to the greatest place you could ever be. You are literally one decision away. Wow. From being right back where you're supposed to be. The problem is mm. we look at our life and go, no, I'm too messed up. And God's going, no, 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 no. You're just one turn. By the way, the word for repentance is the turn. You're one repentant away from being right back where you're supposed to be. Wow. Anyway, that's how that? the Ruby Cube works. Did you hear that? We'll do that another time. That's awesome. So you tell me about Brian. So Brian's the founder of Project Die Hard. Says they get a Bible if they sign up. 
Yep. And he's, what he's trying to do is he's trying to help veterans. Um, he's building a facility that was, that was gifted to them, right. For this purpose. Mm -hmm. And it's gonna, when it's done, it's going to house 12 single veterans and it's going to house two veterans with their families. And they're going to have to go through some education. Uh, they'll have counseling available uh, if they're struggling with stuff, you know, addiction, whatever. Uh, and then they're going to, he's going to give them some skills so that they can go out and get a job and do whatever they got to do. Oh, well, maybe he's asking me to come help him there. Where's he? Where's he? Where's Illinois. He and look, look, Brian, you want me to come out? You just let me know, man. We'll, uh, we can work something out if that's what you, I don't know what you're asking. If that's what you're asking, I'm, you know, as my schedule allows, we can figure something out. But yeah. if it's not, if it's only about me sharing the gospel, don't worry. That's coming just a moment. I want to share something with you. Yeah. Well, let's get to that. Let's let's do that. So so one of the things I, I shared this week um, was something the Lord gave me about 25 years ago. And uh, and it's funny, the day he gave it to me, um, that, that the Lord kind of put this on my heart. I was in seminary and I was on my way home and I was thinking about how, where in the world would I ever use this? I mean, it was weird. And on the way home, I had a car accident and this, I hit, or this lady hit me and I'm pulling on the side of the road and she is angry. I mean, she is just cussing up a storm. She is fired up, mad. And it's not, it's not my fault. It's her fault, but she's mad. And so I, I just asked her, I said, are you a Christian? And she's like, yes. <laughs> Which I think made her feel really bad because, you know, she was cussing me out. But um, I said, tell me this. I said, um, what do I have to do to be saved? And she got real serious and she was like, you know, you gotta, gotta go to church. You gotta pray. Well, that's when I started all this stuff about the devil goes to church and the definition of prayer is communicating with God. And we've got proof that in Job, the devil talked directly to God. Mm -hmm. So church and prayer, that's not enough. That's what the devil does. Well, you gotta believe certainly the devil believes. And so I just began to question all those things, but <clears throat> the word belief really is an action word. It, it, it's something that in, in the Greek term, uh, it's something that leads you to, to make a decision. For instance, I told the officer today that I met with today, I said, uh, if someone said to you, oh, man, I think there's, there, there, I mean, there's a cop over the next hill. What are they going to do? If you're driving a car, slow down. Oh, what are you going to do? Slow down. Slow down. How did I, I, didn't, I didn't say you were speeding. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't have to tell you your sin. If I tell you there's a cop over the next hill and you're driving, the answer 100% of the time is going to be, well, I'm going to slow down. Because we know <laughs> we all like to speak. <laughs> We're all in a hurry. I said, now, have you ever had anybody that, that said to you, oh, man, I knew you were going to be here. And they pulled you over? You're a liar. You didn't know they are going to be there. If you'd have known they are going to be there, you would have you slowed down. Before, yeah. You would have slowed down. And so the whole idea is, is that people, people say they believe, but belief without action is a lie. Right. Uh, so if I say I believe in God, but I'm not living differently, I'm a liar. Because if I know he's the judge, and he's going to judge me. Then to do what I'm doing and continue to live in my sin, I know I know I'm going to be in trouble. If I'm going to slow down for a ticket, Lord knows I'm going to slow down for hell. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. And so I asked that question. And then I said, let me explain it this way. And so this is a quarter, right? Here's a quarter. I don't know if you guys can see it. I'm making sure we'll see what Brian says. Share the mission. So we can find the resources before. Um, so this is a quarter. And so I, and I can't hold it. So this is a quarter. And so if you look at a quarter, it's silver. And so if you think of silver being sin, right? S and S. 
this kind of represents me. Look, my face is even on. See the white hair? And he's kind of look, got a receding hairline. That's me. Anyway. And so this, this is a sinful man, right? Sinful man. Um, and so if silver represents sin, this is a sinful man. And so what do we do when God says, in order to go to heaven, you must be holy, right? Holy means godly. I'm sin, silver. God says I must be green or go or or godly, right? So I can't get to heaven unless I'm green or godly, like God, but I'm silver. I'm full of sin. And so the church for years, and even today, will tell you well, what you got to do is you've got to scrape your sin off. You got to repent of your sins, right? By the way, that's the biggest lie the devil's ever told. Repent of your sins to be saved. If you could repent of your sins before you were in Christ, you wouldn't need Christ to do it. Oof. You can't repent of your sins. You can only repent from the sin of disbelief, right? Decide to believe in Jesus and surrender your life to him. Sins can't be repented of until you're in Christ because you have no hope. And so what people do and what the church does is they, they say two things. One is get rid of the sin in your life, right? And so we try to scrape off our sin. Get something sharp, and we try to scrape off our sin. Or we use a, you know, let's, let's be religious. We take another quarter as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And we beat each other up about our sin. You're fat. Dude, you need to lose weight. You realize, man, God ain't pleased with you, bro. And the next thing you know is we feel worthless and empty. We feel like God hates us because we hate ourselves. Because all we've done is ate ourselves up about how ugly we are and how we're no good. But watch this. How is scraping the sin off of my life going to make me more like God? There's no green under here. Mm -mm. There's no godliness under here. I am sinner to the core. Now, somebody said there's copper in the middle. Okay, that's fine. But the copper is covered with sin, right? And so I'm a sinner to the core. So God says you got to be godly. So he knew we couldn't do it. But here's the other thing we do. Let's say this is a green marker. It's not. It's black. But if you took a green marker and you marked up your quarter with a green permanent marker, right? How long would that green stay? Watch this. Until I did this. Boom. And I wipe it off and it'll go away. In the same way, we try really hard to be goodly, right? We do good works to try to be godly. But goodly doesn't equal godly, right? The Bible says our good works are but filthy rags to God. And so we try to we try to masquerade, right? The word hypocrite means to put on a face. We try to cover up this face with goodly, goodliness. But here's what happens. All it takes is one good storm. Oh. And the next thing you know is our, our life with all our good works have been washed away. Man, I have I have fed the poor. I have fed the hungry. I have, I have taken care of people in Africa and even the pygmies in Africa. Come on, man. That's old school. I've taken care of all of them. But if you cut me off on the way home, I'm liable to cuss you out. Why? Why? Because a storm of life will always wash away good works, right? So you can't be goodly and claim it to be godly mm. because there's still sin that reigns in me. So the Bible says that God left heaven. Look, see the face? God became a man, right? He was totally green, but God became a man. Took our image, the image he formed us in. And he, he came and died on a cross, lived the perfect life. So that, watch this, the Bible says, if I will place my life in his and trust him as the Lord of my life, that he will cover me with his blood. 
with his DNA, the Bible says. So if I'm at a crime scene and my DNA is found on the scene, I am going to prison. And if I get to heaven and God can see my old DNA, I'm going to hell. Woo! But the Bible says he covers me with the blood of Jesus. So no longer sees me, but the, he sees the blood of Christ. And so look, I still look like a quarter. The image is still there, right? But now I've been covered with the blood of Christ. And so now to God, I look godly because the blood of Christ covers me. The, the word is propitiation. He's the covering for my life. But here's the other thing that's really cool. Where I used to devalue myself, where I was worth nothing, when God comes in my life, he multiplies my value. I'm no longer just worth a quarter. I'm now worth an eternity. I mean, Ooh. think of this. This is just a dollar bill. What is God worth? What denomination would would in any way, shape, or form capture his deity? And the answer is nothing. An infinite. There is an infinite. So yeah. he he wraps me in an infinite amount of value. And he fills, it covers me with his value, which is why when I get to heaven, he won't say, Depart from me, for I saw your DNA. He will say, Come, and thou good and faithful servant, enter into my rest, because he sees Christ covering me and not me at all. Woo! Yeah. So that's awesome. So then I give it to somebody, whoever I'm sharing with, I give it to him. And I say, now listen, I don't know where you are in your walk with, with, with the Lord. I don't know where you are, but check this out. Check this out. Here's the truth. You have value to God. You're a valuable person to God. He died, the Bible says, for you. God so loved the world. He loved you. He values you. Are you trying hard to beat yourself up and try to be something you can't be? Because mm. you can't be God. Are you trying to be good enough to get to heaven? Because it doesn't work that way. God died for you. Will you place your trust in Jesus today and let him bring true value to what life really should be? And listen, and if your answer is the answer, if the answer today is I'm not ready, that's fine. Listen, the Bible says you're supposed to count the cost. See if it's worth it to you. Until you're ready, would you do me a favor? Would you just walk around, put that in your pocket? And every morning, just put it in your pocket. And if nothing else, let it remind you that you have value to God. And he's wanting to increase your value. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Yeah, so there you go. Zoom out so we can see, he said. I don't know. If that, that was a long time ago. Zoom out, zoom in. Zoom out, zoom in. I zoomed in so you could see the quarter there you go. and the dollar bill. But uh, uh, I zoomed back out now. I'm sorry. We're good. But uh, I think this thing finally died is what happened. I lost all my, <laughs> I lost all my comments. So I've got them all right here. Okay. So... Um, Man, that's uh, I've never seen that one. I've known John for a while. I've never seen that one. I've seen a lot of the others telling you. Yeah, so, so at church this week, what I did was I busted out a bunch of twenties, and <laughs> and, uh, and I and I I gave them. I had people come and try it after I taught it. I had them come try it, and then I gave them that twenty and that quarter, and I said, okay, now you go share it and give away the twenty and the quarter. And then the question becomes, how valuable are people to you? Wow, you know, because if if they're valuable to God, are you willing to do it with a hundred and a quarter? Hmm. And somebody say that's a lot of money. Yeah, it is. How valuable are people to you? How valuable is their salvation to you? Right. So let me tell you one more story. This is this is this is probably the coolest story I have in my whole <laughs> bag of tricks. So this week, oh, I don't have one. Oh yes, I do. This week I was uh, I was coming home, uh, or no, it's coming home from church on Saturday night. And uh, I went to my Circle K, which is where I always get my Dr. Pepper. 
And I pulled in and this guy, Robert was there and Robert said, Hey, tomorrow's my last day. And I was like, dude, you should stay till Christmas. He's like, why? I said, every Christmas, my wife and I give a bonus to everybody who works here. And he's like, you what? I was like, yeah, man, we, we give away money every Christmas to people who work here just as a blessing to the families. He's like, oh man, I wish I'd have known that I can't be, but he's like, uh, but then he followed me all the way to my car. He's like, I need to stay in touch with you. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I tell you all that to tell you, it's obvious he's in need of money. And so I got to my car and we just started talking about church. And I was like, you know, you can come to church. And, and uh, finally I said, you're a Christian. Yeah, I'm a Christian. What makes you a Christian? He said, well, I believe in God. And of course I did the whole, well, the devil believes in God, you know, did all that. And he even said, confess Jesus. Confess Jesus what? He said, I don't know, you know, just talk about Jesus. And so finally I said, let me just, I said, let me share this with you. I said, uh, everybody thinks becoming a Christian is difficult. Right. They think it, it's going to cost me a lot. Like I'm going to have to give up all my sin. One thing at a time, God will help you. Look, don't let a Christian talk you into what giving up. Oh, can I just say this to the camera? Don't ever let somebody else tell you what you need to quit. Ooh. Talk to God, because here's the thing. You will lay you will lay a burden. This is why in, in the Pharisee times or in the, the New Jerusalem Council where where. Uh, uh, James was in charge of it. When they had a Jerusalem council, the whole reason they had the meeting was what laws are we going to tell the Gentiles they have to submit to? Because we can't even submit to some. So why would we tell them they can't? They have to submit to things we can't submit to? So be careful, Christians. Be careful. You don't lay your convictions on other people because watch this. Sin is sin. Don't get me wrong. But what God is calling some to quit today might be too much for somebody else to, to, to today. Right. God didn't call me to get rid of everything at one time. He walks me through slowly. We've got to be patient with people. And 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 even as the Bible says in the Old Testament, that God overlooked their sin for a time. And so if I find someone that's lost in sin, I'm not going to expect them to act like a born again believer on day one. I'm going to be I'm, I expect them to act like a lost person who's saved by grace on day one. And so don't ever let somebody else tell you the things that you have to give up today. Now, I'll be honest with you. If you've got a mentor who's telling you, hey, you and I both know you've, you've identified what you need to give up and you're just being disobedient. That's different. But God will identify for you the things you need to quit today and he'll give you the ability to do so. Mm. Right. We got to believe that. OK, so I told I was telling this guy this and I said, let me let me prove it to you. And I pulled a twenty dollar bill out of my pocket and I put it on the dashboard and I said, OK, listen to me. Brand, uh, what's it? I say his name? Robert. Robert. I said, Robert, check this out. That's your $20 bill. He's, I said, okay, when does it become yours? And he said, uh, uh, as soon as I earn it. And I went, wait, I told you this is your 20. You don't have to earn it. There's no earning it here. That's your 20. When does it become yours? He goes, I don't understand. I said, okay, I'm going to slow this down. This is your $20 bill. What do you have to do for it to become yours? He goes, I got to earn it. I said, bro, you don't have to earn it. It's it's already yours. What do you have to do for it to become yours? He goes, are you being for real right now? I was like, Robert, stop playing with me. I said, this is not math and it's not a trick. This is your $20 bill. What do you have to do for it to become yours? He goes, I don't know. I said, you know what the answer is? You got to believe me. You just have to believe. I said, when you believe me, you'll reach out and take it. 
Until you believe me, you'll 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 think it's all a joke or you'll think it's not real. But you got to believe me. Robert, do you believe me? He goes, are you serious? <laughs> I said, yes, I'm serious. He goes, well, then yes. I said, well, that's yours. And I sat there and he just, and he looked at me crazy. And then slowly he reached his hand out like he's going to slap me at any moment now. <laughs> he's waiting. And then finally, when he gets to it, he pulled it back really quick. And I said, bro, you don't have to be afraid. I told you it's yours. All you have to do is believe me. And that's the problem with salvation. Mm. It is so easy because Jesus already paid the price. All we have to do is place our trust in him and be willing to surrender our life to him. Meaning one thing at a time. God, what do you want me to surrender today? I've already surrendered my, my life to you. Now, what do you want from that life today? And do that daily. Mm. You don't lose your salvation if you don't, but he will discipline you like a, like a father does a child. But it's easy which is why people won't really do it. They'll do the American thing instead, which is it's not easy. It's I got to work for it, which is why I never feel saved because it was never about mm. Jesus's works. It was about my works. It's easy, but you have to believe him and you got to take what he's offered, which is salvation through Lordship in Christ. Anyway, so <laughs> 20 minutes later, the guy calls me and he says, uh, he says, what time's church? <laughs> and I told him, and uh, he skipped his last day of work and came to church. And in the first 20 minutes, he was there 20 minutes early. In the first 20 minutes of church, he told four people in the church his testimony about what I did with him there. And I said, that's, that's what I'm talking about. When somebody does something in your life that reaches your heart, you can't help but tell people about it. Exactly. That is awesome. All right. Let's, are there any more questions that you need to answer right now? If not, I'm going to have you pray us out. We can get back with anything if there's other stuff that you need to get back with later. Um, John will look through those. He will answer them. Uh, there's no questions. Okay. Uh, Which means I either explained it so well, or it means they're like, man, there's no way. I'm tired <laughs> of this guy already. Turn the thing off. I, uh, I Again, I, I you know, people, um, in the last five years, I have buried a lot of the men in my family. Some of them I knew where they stood. Some of them I didn't. Uh, some of them I was, you know, again, you either know or you don't know. It's There's no gray area. So I I highly urge you that if you, if you have surrendered your life, you know, it's obvious, you know, that's one of the things like I, I was confused at first and I used to ask Johnson, he's like, well, I know you're saved. I go, how do you know? He goes, because the person that I met is not you. Oh, man. You know, he saw that transformation. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember uh, Bo? What was it? Bo? You know, Bo knows football. Bo knows baseball. Yeah. What's his name? Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. And that was a big thing. Bo knows football. Bo yeah. knows baseball. And but then somebody made a somebody made a T-shirt. Bo knows basketball. Or Bo knows football. Bo knows baseball. But there's Bo know Jesus, right? And then somebody from that made another shirt. It says to K N O W Jesus is to K N O W change. But if there is N O Jesus. There is no change. And so it's true. I mean, the Bible says he will place his spirit in you. His spirit will testify with your spirit that you're his child. So if you don't know you're his child, you may not be. Because his spirit will testify with your spirit that you're his. But the thing is, you'll know. 
because there things happen in your life that you can't explain. And I don't mean things around your life because God works around all people. Right. But God will do things in your life to cause you to be conformed to the image of his son because he promised to do that. No matter what you do, Jr. watch this. I love this. No matter what you do, no matter how far you run, God has promised to conform you to the image of his son. And he will not allow you to screw that up. He's going to conform you, whether you like it or not, because you surrendered. Once he's the master, it doesn't matter what you think or say anymore. He is going to conform you. Otherwise, he's a liar, and he won't let you make him a liar. Mm. And so he'll slow you down. He'll speed you up. He'll lift you up. He'll push you down. Whatever he needs to do in order to make you into what he promised to make you. And so you and I can relax and just spend time with God. You see, the coolest thing is, we try so hard in the church to get people to conform to our image. Oh, man. Would you, you know, I, I want people to be more like me. But that's hogwash. I'm messed up, dude. Please don't be more like me. I'm messed <laughs> up. But we try to conform people to the image of the church. The truth is, my one advice for all believers is this. Stop trying to live up to anybody else's expectation. Ask God, first of all, to... Ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You don't need a church for that. You don't need a pastor for that. You don't, you don't even need to quote unquote what we call pray for that. You don't need to bow your heads, close your eyes. The Bible says, admit with your mouth, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. And from now on, I surrender to you. The Bible says that makes you saved, right? Mm. If you mean it, if you mean it, right? But the, the mouth speaks what the heart believes. If that's true, anyone who calls on his name, Romans 10, 13, anyone who calls on his name will be saved. And so Romans 10, 9 is the way of salvation. Romans 10, 13 is who can be saved? Anybody, right? So that's the first thing. But then once you become his child, stop asking everybody else who you should be. Spend time with God. Here's what I don't like. I got married and I wanted to make my wife more like me because she was boring. You know what I've learned in, in 26 years of marriage? I'm more like her now. You know why? Because I've spent time with her. Whether you like it or not, you become like the people you hang out with. Birds of a feather flock together. The Bible says bad company corrupts good morals. Ooh. And so you and I are going to become like the people we hang out with. Watch this. So make sure you hang out with Jesus as much or more than you hang out with everybody else. Because Ooh. it is his job to conform you to his image. It will only happen. It won't happen by you scraping off your sin or quitting things. It won't happen by you trying to do good things. It will happen with intimate time in his word and in prayer with you and the Lord. Bam. That's it. That's how simple it is. You know, there's, it's really not difficult. It's really not. I, uh, I, I can't we make it more difficult than it is. We do because we're stupid. <laughs> stupid humans, you know. And then I love the part about always trying to help God. You know, like, listen, God, take care of this. I'll take care of this. Okay, I got this. I don't got nothing. God doesn't need my help. Well, and it's funny because I really think God lets us do that. <laughs> I, I do. I think he's like, oh, you got it? Okay, then go ahead. Then. And then when it falls apart, we're like, okay, I ain't got it. <laughs> you know, it's like when I was a kid, my dad would say, uh, you know, we go somewhere. And, and I didn't want to work. But if something was heavy, boy, I wanted to prove I could lift it. But if I started to lift and I couldn't lift it, Ask for help. Now, what if my dad would have said, no, you said you got it. Eventually, I'd be like, okay, I was wrong, which is the definition of repentance. Mm, I was wrong. So God lets us do those things so that we can realize it was never us. It was always him. He receives the glory from it. Mm. 
That is some good stuff right there, folks. And uh, do me a favor, too, if you're watching the replay, put hashtag replay so we know. doesn't matter, but uh, if you have questions in the replay, we can always reach out to John. Uh, he's on Facebook. You know, John Mitten. You, you can't miss Dude, us. I think on Facebook my phone number's there. I, I don't even hide nothing. Yeah. You can find me. Yeah, you can call him. You can. And, uh, and I tell you what, if you ever want somebody to tell you 100%, I've never asked John a question. Uh, two people I can say this about. Well, probably a few more, but mostly John and Will Davis. Two people that no matter what question I've asked them, they've never said, well, it's my opinion that you should do this. Every single time, both of these men have looked and said, let me tell you what the Bible says about that situation. And so he's not going to give you his personal opinion because, you know. Yeah, and sometimes, honestly, sometimes I don't have the answer. I mean, sometimes I know the biblical principle. But just because I know the biblical principle doesn't mean that there's a specific answer that's that's for everyone. I love where Paul says that he's free to do all things, but sometimes he would restrict himself for the sake of others. Mm. And so Paul would say, look, if you see me not doing something, it's not because I can't. It's because I decided not to because it would cause you to stumble. And so, listen, all of us have mandates have general mandates from the Bible, right? Those are true for everybody. But there are other mandates that have nothing to do with the Bible, right? It has to do with the Spirit of God. The Bible says, obey the Spirit, don't grieve Him. And so that mandate says that I've got to... Mature Christians don't say, what does what does the Bible say I have to do? The Bible says, the, I mean, the, the, the spiritual mature say, I'm, I'm going to do all that I can to follow this. But Spirit... Speak into me, what do you want specifically of my life? And then if he says something to you that's just off the wall, like, hey, go go say to that person this. Oh, come on, man. I'd rather just read the Bible. <laughs> because it's easy. Reading the Bible is easy. Becoming a mature Christian and obeying the Spirit, much more difficult. Calling that guy today was one of the most difficult things I've done in a long time. Because I honestly thought he was going to be like, give me a break, bro. You know I'm a Christian. I really did. And I was afraid to do it. I did it out of obedience. Right. And now I'm really thankful I did. But I, I remember one time God, you know, sent me to somebody and told them, tell them this about that. I was like, I ain't doing that. But I did it. And God used it for incredible purposes that I would have never imagined nor never seen had I not obeyed. So this has general ideas of, of who we're supposed to be. But the main thing it says in there is spend time with the Spirit of God. Read the Word so He can speak to you. And then spend time just with him, and he will speak to your spirit about what you should and shouldn't do. And so if God says to me, don't eat a pear again, that doesn't make any sense for other believers. They'd go, that's stupid. That's not in the Bible. But if God told me that, he's a reason for that. I'm going to believe him. And so God has specific things in your life he wants to do in your life, but you got to spend time with him. Amen. Well, uh, like folks. drink JR's coffee. I I'm sure the Spirit's going to say that. Going to tell me that. <laughs> if, I mean, my flesh will tell you that. <laughs> but uh, I just, uh, you know, I appreciate you spending time. I, John, I appreciate you. You know, I love spending time with you. And, and uh, right now with all the stuff that's going on, it was nice to see you. And yeah, nice man. to have you over. I mean, I, I call John whenever I want to. I can call him in the middle of the night and he'll answer. Well, he might not answer right away, but he'll answer. No, and I do answer. My wife says I give better <laughs> spiritual advice when I'm asleep. <laughs> Dude, seriously, we'll close with this and I'll pray for us. Um, I had a guy call me one time from the church, and I don't remember the call at all. 
It was like two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. And my wife was like, who in the world's calling this late? Well, I answered the call. I went to the bathroom and I'm talking to him. And, uh, and when I came, I came to bed and, and, uh, she's next morning. She said, Hey, who was that called last night? I said, when <laughs> she's like at three in the morning, I was like, shut up. Nobody called. I mean, I totally thought she was lying to me. <laughs> she's no, for real. You talked to so-and-so. I was like, I don't remember any of that. She's like, that's a shame. I said, well, she said, it was like the best advice I've ever heard you give. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to start telling people, look, if you want really good spiritual advice, call me when my head is asleep <laughs> and the spirit of God can work through my mouth. But it was, it's a true story, man. And to this day, I have no idea who that was. But I remember later somebody telling me, oh, that was great advice. I was like, I have no, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, him. Yeah. So. And, and he does that. He does that. All, I mean, he works through us, right? That's what. We're supposed to be vessels, man. Yeah. All right, let me pray for us. Pray for us, brother. Father, you are uh, an amazing God. Father, I'm thankful that um, in a world that wants us to get political about everything, that, Father, when it comes to you, I don't have to be political. You reign in a kingdom that's not of this world, and there is no vote going on to see who will be king. And so, Father, I thank you for your wisdom. I thank you for your, uh, your presence in our lives. Father, I thank you that there's nothing that has caught you off guard, uh, not anything that's happened in politics, not anything that's happened with these, these men um, who, who gave up their lives that we might be free. Father, they're an example even of what you did in giving your life to make us free from sin. So, Father, I, I pray that you would comfort the families. Father, you'd give them peace and to let them know that, Father, this is all part of what you're doing in a, in a larger sense in the world. Father, I pray for your kingdom to come, uh, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. But until that day comes, God, help us to be found faithful, obeying your word, spending time with you, and being conformed to the image of the Son of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Again, if you're watching the replay, please put hashtag replay if you have questions for Pastor John. Uh, you got to do that when you say hashtag. Hashtag. There you go. From now on, that's <laughs> hashtag. Uh, hashtag replay. And uh, if you have questions, please reach out. Reach out to me. Reach out to Pastor John. Uh, I have the best answer. I'll get back to you. And then I make a phone call. And and uh, But you can go reach out. Oh, wait, are we back to the best answer? Hold on. Wait. We are. You, that's the best answer. <laughs> Look, that's my favorite thing to say, man, is if, you, if Jesus isn't the answer. That's the answer. Then maybe you're just asking the wrong question. <laughs> And so, uh, again, you can reach out to, to John anytime. He, he's an incredible resource, um, you know, especially like if you're watching and you're not sure. This guy will make the lines clear for you to see. And, and it's not because it's John Mitten doing it. It's because John is filled with the Spirit of God, Amen. and the Spirit of God moves in a way. And if you reach out to him, it's because God wanted you to reach out to him. Yeah. And, I, and I can tell you that personally because – if John would have walked into my dad's bedroom, my dad probably would have kicked him out. If any other pastor would have walked into my dad's bedroom that day that he prayed to accept Christ, dad would have kicked him out of the room. It had to be Pastor Butch who walked in there and threw dirt at dad the way dad was throwing dirt at him in just their greeting, you know. But, you know, if you feel like you're like you need to know something more, you need to ask questions, mm. you know reach out because uh, there's a reason that God's putting that on your heart. Yeah. And so don't, don't disobey it.
because we're, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Right. And, uh, and don't, whatever you do, don't piddle paddle and mess around and not ask the people that are in your immediate circle where they stand. Amen. All right. And so, uh, with that being said, I love you guys. Uh, follow us next week. We have pastor John's, uh, associate. What is he? What's his official title? Akron. Who? Oh, he's my, uh, uh, men's pastor. We have the men's pastor from everyday Christian. And that wasn't done because I wanted John's church. It was done because I love John and I love Akram. And I took a class uh, a while back uh, and Akram was in my class. And so, and then we all went fishing together and, you know, the bonding happens and, and he's an air force veteran. Look at that. He drank his whole cup. What? Of the whole cup. And, uh, and so catch us next week when we have, um, we have Akram Myers on the, on the show. It's a bass player too. I don't know. I might get him. Dude, he's singing Sunday. Dude's got pipes. Does he? Does I forgot oh, how well he sings? I was gonna say we should have done something, but uh, was singing today. But I, I had other things in mind, and and you know, God. I'll come just, back another time and sing. Yeah, he'll come back another time, and, and uh, I'll bring the keyboard out. And I don't need a keyboard. I'll just pipe can, it up. He can do it like that. But uh, you know, if you haven't voted yet for the veteran podcast, how does that help us? Well, you know, we're 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 growing, and. It's like a guy told me one time is because if you make $10 over your expenses this month, how much ministry are you going to get to do down in Honduras, which is something that we're supporting right now. So God's led us to it and we're helping and I'm trying to be obedient. Well, I, I can do $10 worth. You know, if I make $10,000 over my expenses, I can do $10,000 worth of work and bring the gospel to people who have not heard it. And so just I'm just trying to be obedient to God. You know, I'm not trying to get rich. If you guys know me, you know I live very humbly. And if he gets rich, I'm asking for money, so don't do it. Yeah, well, you know, I'll probably <laughs> give it. I'll probably give it. But anyway, uh, so vote for us. Uh, you know, reach out about our ministry, about who we support. Uh, everything's on the website. I'm transparent. I'm not hiding anything who I'm giving money to. Uh, and then, you know, what's the website for your everyday, everyday dot family. There's no dot com. It's weird, but... But hey, our, our motto is we're not just a church, we're family. Everyday.family, they're in Cibolo. Uh, that's a huge veteran community. Huge. Uh, huge. Yeah, I remember I got another thing the other day. I said, I said, if you have served in the military or are serving stand up, I was like, okay, we should have done it the other way. If you're not in the military, <laughs> stand up. Because like it's the whole church. Yeah. And so if you're looking for for a church home, you know, uh, you please go visit. Uh, come visit, you know, the country church in Marion. Come visit. You know, don't sit around and wonder what you're going to do. So, you know, take imperfect action and let God do the rest. And um, until next week, pray for all the fallen. Pray for our country. Pray for our leaders. Pray for our church. Pray for our church leaders. Um, don't pray for the fallen. They're in good hands. They are in pray good hands. Pray for their families. Pray for the fallen Amen. families. Amen. There you go. And uh, with that, I bid you good night. Uh, God bless you. Have a great weekend. And uh, we'll see you next week, all right? Hashtag replay. Hashtag replay. <laughs> Good night. See you guys.